AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Crude oil was lower. The U.S. dollar traded sharply higher. That removed buying interest from corn, wheat, and soybean oil. But another acceleration in the bean meal rally helped to lift soybeans to the upside. Cattle futures tried to recover some of yesterday's sharp losses. And hogs, hogs just remained on the defensive. Live with coverage so thorough, it takes two Bryans to do it. Via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk This Morning. We'll begin with a conversation, excuse me, this afternoon. We'll begin with a conversation with pro-farmer editor Brian Grady. And then directly following the news, Brian Split from AgMarket.net. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. And now, the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Flory. All right, Davis, hey, thank you so much. That You know, that happens. Don't uh-huh. let that bother you. Yeah. Usually I switch to vermouth uh, at noon, and I, I didn't make the switch today. That's got me all off. I'm just completely thrown off. <laughs> nice. Well, a nice little cooking sherry on the side, huh? That's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that way if the wife comes home early, you can say, I'm cooking. I'm not <laughs> drinking. Well, Terrible strategy. That- Don't do that, everyone. Don't be like me. Do not do that. Do not do that. <laughs> Welcome to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. That's Davis. Yep. Uh, and on this Tuesday afternoon, we mm-hmm. like uh, Davis said, we've got a couple of Brian's in here. Going to find out um, what's caught Brian Split's attention in these markets. Is that the corn market slide back into the uh, the sideways trading range? Wheat's inability to break out of it. Or is it this huge rally? I mean, this huge rally that's happening in soybean meal. Uh, we'll get get Brian Split's take on that. And then Brian Grady is in here, editor of Pro Farmer. We're going to have a conversation about, heck, whatever. Honestly, whatever you guys want to talk about. You yeah. can hit me up on email, host at agritalk.com. Send a tweet. Uh, just include hashtag AgriTalk in it. Uh, we'll try to include that in the conversation with Brian Grady. But any of the markets that uh, that that are considered an ag market, and even some that aren't, we can talk mm-hmm. about with Brian Grady. So looking you forward bet. to that. Yeah, me too. All right, buddy. Should we do it? Let's get started. Oh, well, let's start with December soft red winter wheat futures, which opened on session highs and posted a mid to low range close. The fundamentals of the wheat market are not changing much as crop watchers watch for the influence of El Nino weather patterns on crops in Australia, Argentina, the United States, and in Europe. Wheat futures are locked in a sideways trading range with professional funds uh, comfortably on the short side of the market. December HRW wheat futures seven and three quarters lower today, 663. December SRW wheat down six and three quarters, 580 and one half. December spring wheat closed at seven twenty-eight and one quarter. That's down nine and one half cents. Chip, no big market-moving headlines for this wheat market for quite some time now. It's rehashing of old news, and and mm. the the wheat market has just grown numb yeah. to those headlines that come out of Ukraine, and um, they, 
They don't. It, the wheat markets don't even really want to respond all that much to what's happening in in the currency trade. What's happening with the dollar? So, mm-hmm. kind of a strange market right now. Well, chip funds are also on the short side of the corn market, and the single close above five bucks this month did nothing to chase shorts out of the market. December corn is now drifting back into the lower half of the sideways trading range, with short-term moving averages putting a cap on rally attempts. Corn harvest in the U.S. nearly two-thirds complete. Traders are switching their focus to post-harvest fundamentals. Today's sharp rally in the U.S. dollar limited buying interest, even after USDA announced the sale of just over 117,000 metric tons of U.S. corn for delivery to Mexico in the current marketing year. December corn opened near session highs and closed near session lows. December corn futures six and a quarter cents lower today, 484. March corn futures down six cents, 498. May corn futures closed at 506, down six cents. And once again, the spreads in lockstep, Chip. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it felt like the market was trying to build a little upside momentum early in the session, but mm-hmm. by the end of the day, that was gone. Yep. Well, November bean futures opened a tick higher, slipped back to trade within a penny of support at last week's low, and then turned back to the upside to post a high-range close. Bean harvest is charging forward in the United States. USDA says harvest is already three-quarters complete. December soybean meal futures opened slightly higher, spiked support at yesterday's low, then rallied sharply to post an upside reversal. The runaway rally in meal futures today saw the first close above the June 21 high, and December meal posted the highest close since March 10. Meanwhile, December bean oil posted the first close below the June 22 low and the lowest close since June 8th. November beans eight and one half cents higher, 12.95 and a quarter. Jan beans up nine cents, 13.14 and one half. March beans closed at thirteen twenty six. That's up seven and three quarter cents. A bit of a divergence in the products, Chip. I, a bit. I don't <laughs> know if I've ever been in a period of time when the divergence between bean meal and bean oil is as wide as it is, or as aggressive as it is right now. Uh, you know, we talked about it last week. Last week's December soybean meal rallied eight point seven percent, and bean oil fell one point eight percent. I, it's just uh, it's an amazing market right now, no doubt. Well, I got December cotton 80 points lower today at 82.93. And quickly here, December live cattle futures just 27 and one half cents higher, 178.62 and a half. November feeder futures off 37 and one half cents to 235.42 and a half. And on the snout side, December lean hogs 20 cents higher, 66.37 and one half. And February hogs, ah. Down 72 and a half to yeah. 69, 47 and one half chip. Yeah. Uh, live cattle were $2 plus higher at mid morning. Uh, looked we good. had a, yeah, they look great. We had a dollar 21 rally in the heavyweight choice graded box beef this morning and they still couldn't hold on to it. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Brian split agmarket.net. How you doing, Brian? Doing fantastic chip. What's going on? Well, I'm curious, which market has got your attention the most? Uh, well, I don't know how to answer that. They all do. Uh, but I will tell you that the uh, ADMCO was on the earnings conference call this morning and had mentioned the distinct possibility of Argentina running out of soy meal in the month of November. Um, and I think that was really what put a charge under meal, uh, you know, after mid-session. Gotcha. Uh, we've, we've got a major outside month higher on, on meal futures. And, uh, you know, we lived through uh, an extreme rally uh, less than a year ago because of Argentina, uh, you know, hitting over $500 a ton there. Now you look at corn and it's kind of the opposite story. Um, you know, we had a, a one month rally from those lows that we made in September. It was on the 19th 
made a high on Friday on uh, October 20th. And we've already retraced 62% of that one month rally just in the matter of three days. Uh, so this is a very important level to hold. We had made some lows the day of the uh, October WASD report at 482 and a quarter. We want to hold that. I think if we can, we should see a retest of four bucks, or I should say five bucks, uh, that 499 area. Uh, but I think if you get a move back up into that vicinity, uh, especially with March, uh, Ds to March being the highest percentage of full carry and, and the highest percentage of of the uh, uh, interest cost, you got to be putting your hedges out in the March contract and corn at this point. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Brian, I, I think a lot of people's attitude is that rallies still need to be sold in corn. Is that your attitude? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think okay. that uh, was a bear market rally that we just lived through. And uh, most of these lows that we've been making on a monthly basis, and this goes all the way back to your May lows and then your July and August and September lows, that's a lower uh, channel line that's coming around the 460 area. So if this thing falls out of bed, I think that's where we're going. And let's not forget September expired at 462 and a half. Good point to watch for. Great stuff, Brian. Thanks, buddy. You got it. All right. That is Brian Split, agmarket.net. Coming up next, we've got Pro Farmer editor Brian Grady right here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. We don't make the news, we render it. Agritalk. It's a messy job, Davis. It's a messy, messy job, but somebody has got to render the news. It ain't for everybody. No. And if no. you and I had just done a little better in school, maybe, maybe things yeah. would have turned out different. But you know what? Here we are. Let's embrace it. Hey, now, my dad, my dad made the move from Indiana to Iowa to drive a rendering truck okay uh-huh uh-huh so you know let's not talk too poorly about the rendering institutions okay well it's it's one thing to render animals it's a whole other thing to render the news the news that's more what i'm talking about i see uh, i see equally smelly though yeah <laughs> uh, equally smelly but <laughs> one's messier one's messier than the other and i'm not sure which one it is well said all right Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. That's Davis. Yeah. And joining us right now, Brian Grady, editor of Pro Farmer. Hey, Beach, how's it going, man? Great, Chip. Thanks. All right. As you know, or maybe you don't know, maybe you only listen to the morning, excuse me, listen to the afternoon show, uh, but Brian is on with us every weekday uh, at the bottom of the hour, 1030 Central Time, gives us a 
a couple of minutes on what is going on in the markets. And, Beej, I want to go to this one because when we talked this morning, that cattle complex was in the process of of taking back some of yesterday's sharp losses. And by the time we got back to the close today, that effort was over and those gains were basically gone except a little bit in the uh, in the October and the December contracts. But what happened? Yeah, just a really disappointing performance uh, this afternoon, Chip. And, and uh, you know, it, yesterday uh, everything was kind of culmination, uh, you know, the, the bearish cattle on feed report. And, and then we got technical base selling as we took out support levels. And then you got massive fund liquidation as everybody headed for the exits. And it looked like this morning that uh, things were going to bounce back and the market was going to recoup some of the uh, losses from yesterday, uh, you know, a fair portion of it. And, and boy, that just didn't end up being the case in the end. So um, this is disappointing for the bulls, no doubt about it. Uh, not not only the Catalan feed numbers that, uh, like I said, came in bearish last Friday, but uh, uh, the price performance yesterday and, and oh. probably even more so today. You, you anticipated some of the selling yesterday just kind of built on itself. Yeah. Uh, but the inability to get back much, if, if anything, um, was, was disappointing today. Yeah. Okay. It, it was a bearish report. But given the supply side of what we are dealing with in this cattle industry, how bearish can it be? I mean, with that big push in in placements in September, it's not like all of a sudden we had that many more calves available. Didn't they just pull them forward? Yeah, I think they pulled them forward. Imports coming in from both Canada and Mexico okay. had a, an impact uh, from okay. feeders and, and those types of things. Now, keep everything in perspective here. Uh, we are still tightening up cattle supplies, and, and it's just not going to be as tight a supply situation as we get into 2024 as what was anticipated before Friday's report. And, and so okay. everything is relative, and, and uh, you know, markets uh, trade based on perception, and the perception right now is it's not as bullish as what it once was, and as a result, we got a lot of long liquidation. Now, keep in mind that these are long-standing, long positions that have been held for a, a lengthy period of time in the cattle market, yeah. and some of the guys just decided they wanted it out at the moment. Uh, that doesn't Help. mean that they won't reestablish them, but that they got out uh, at the moment. Brian, some of those longs might have had a birthday. Yeah, yeah, they uh, uh, they're not as old as as either of us, but uh, they were <laughs> they were pretty long in the tooth. Yeah, I mean it, it's uh, it's amazing how the period of time that they stayed in those long positions and defended them. Every time yes. that we saw any kind of a price pullback, uh, there was buyers underneath the market. And, and thus far, we haven't found that yet. We found it to some degree intraday, but we didn't find it on a wholesale or whole scale um, basis uh, with today's price action. So we'll have to see. I mean, it, we're, I don't think it's it's bearish, but uh, the tides have definitely turned here from a short-term perspective. So over the past uh, three weeks, uh, we've gone okay. from a record high to now a market that uh, has rolled over and, and looks like it's put in uh, potentially a major top. Okay, what does that do to your urgency to get some downside coverage in place, price coverage in place, and what kind of a strategy might you use? Well, I don't think that I would be chasing it at the moment, to be honest with you. It feels like okay. it was overdone yesterday, and, and we just couldn't get uh, footing underneath us today on a sustained basis. So I, I think that the market will 
regain some of what was lost uh, over the past three weeks here. Um, okay. With that said, uh, you know, we've been anticipating that we'll run to a new high sometime in, in 2024. That may not be the case. Uh, I'm still not completely abandoning that, but uh, may, I'm, I'm not as confident today as what I was last Thursday in, in saying that will happen. Um, so I, I think you probably need to to look at more opportunities uh, on some kind of a, a price recovery here uh, to get some hedges in place and some downside protection. Uh, obviously, buying put options is going okay. to probably be your, your safest bet uh, as opposed to hedges. But uh, uh, for the moment, anyway, it, it looks like uh, we, we put a top in this market. Okay. All right. You know, I, <laughs> I, I'm sorry I didn't call. I should have called the moment that I wrote the check to fill the freezer. Yeah, we had this conversation, I think, the last time that, that Dude, I was on with you. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? It's unbelievable. <laughs> I think, you know, I think maybe my supplier knows more about it than what I do. Because all they do is call me and say, hey, we're taking a beef in for you. Don't worry about the price. We'll figure it out later. Yeah, yeah, buy at the high, right? That's yeah, a, isn't I, that the sage old advice or yep, <laughs> something yep, yep. like that? <laughs> I think they got it figured out is what they do. All right, <laughs> let's stay on livestock. Um, geez, what do you feel about this hog market? Uh, it needs to, to gain some footing in here, but uh, the cash market needs to firm up um, for that to happen on a sustained basis. And, and uh, until it happens, you know, we're going to see the uh, the future slide. Now, the cash index for tomorrow uh, is projected to be up 40 cents. And, and so that's a, a decent gain. Um, you know, you roll back a week and a half ago, I think it was or around in there. Uh, we had back to back days, minimal gains, uh, if I'm not mistaken, around a dime on one day and maybe a couple cents on the other day so this 40 cent gain that that we'll see on the index tomorrow uh that that's the biggest recovery um probably the downside's overdone in both the futures and the cash but uh, we need to see that cash market stabilize for the futures to uh to really move up and, and narrow up the discount to the cash index yeah sow liquidation is still happening isn't it yeah and, and um you know i i think that when we look back, uh, we had the the upward revision on the uh, the hogs and pigs numbers, uh, so they came in higher than than what was anticipated, and and uh, slaughter has been running a little bit above what the expected level was, even in the H and P report, and and so um, there's some some bearishness here, but it, it feels to me like uh, the hog market's kind of just overdone itself to the downside, both in the the cash and futures at the moment. Yeah. Okay doesn't sound to me like you want any day you'd you'd rather keep your risk in the cash market for now i i think so uh yeah. I, I think we'll have an opportunity at some point where we'll get uh just a, a short-term move up and that's probably your hedging opportunity okay. uh if you want to have some hedges in place through the fourth quarter all right all right in the last couple of minutes that we've got in this segment talk to me about the cotton market well, uh, it lost its upward momentum, uh, you know, and, and I think that, uh, you know, you, we talked about the, the longs and cattle longstanding and, and yeah. very similar in the cotton market where they defended them uh, time and again. And, and uh, uh, that has kind of changed some. I, I think the, the trade got tired of being long um, based on the supply side of the market. 
and uh, some demand concerns crept in primarily from China and the economic concerns that we have there. And and with China being such a, a major consumer of of cotton on the global market, uh, uh, obviously it, it had a negative price impact. But really what happened is uh, we saw funds liquidate long positions that they'd held for a long period of time. And and uh, now the market's trying to stabilize some on that and, and balance out the uh, the bullish supply side versus the, the questions on the demand side. Yeah. And those questions on the demand side, it all, you know, it all goes back to what still seems like a failure to relaunch in that Chinese economy, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, I, I think that that's the crux of everything is uh, what will China's economy do? Uh, it's just been much more sluggish than everybody anticipated. Obviously, now they, they have the uh, the property sector, the real estate uh, issue that uh, they're dealing with, and, and um, that's still to come to roost. And, and so a lot of question marks on China. Uh, there are some signs that maybe, maybe they're starting to stabilize a little bit but that property sector they they still have to deal with that issue longer term and and uh um that's really what's hanging over that market at the moment gotcha gotcha okay uh we haven't touched the grains we need to go there next is the one close above five bucks in d's corn is that the best that we can hope for uh we've got wheat back into a sideways trading range and good grief look at that rally in soybean meal Brian Grady, editor, Pro Farmer, here on AgriTalk. Let's go to the markets page at ProFarmer.com and check today's closes where December hard red winter wheat futures were seven and three quarter cents lower at six sixty-three. December SRW wheat down six and three quarters to five eighty and one half. December corn futures six and one quarter cents lower at four eighty-four. March corn down six four ninety-eight. November soybean futures were eight and one half cents higher, but twelve ninety-five and one quarter. January beans up nine cents, thirteen fourteen and one half. December cotton was eighty points lower, eighty-two ninety-three. On the livestock side, December fat cattle futures just twenty-seven and one half higher at one seventy-eight sixty-two and a half. February futures fell twelve and a half to one eighty eighty-five, and November feeder futures fell thirty-seven and one half cents. To 235.42 in December lean hogs, 20 cents higher, 66.37 and one half. Try profarmer.com. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use.
Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. The best talkers in ag, including you. Join the conversation on AgriTalk. Call us at 855-4-TALK-AG. It's coming, isn't it, Davis? It's on its way. It's on its way. I mean, there's... You can't prevent it. As a matter of fact, you don't want to prevent it. In, I mean, uh, you prevent it, you got to stop the, the the world from spinning. I don't in, think I want to do that. In the modern vernacular, winter is out for delivery. Yes. Just think of it that way. Yes. There, we even have a delivery date on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's now. And it's happening. <laughs> of course, we're saying that on a day when it's 80 degrees out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it still raining down in KC? Uh, no, but it's cloudy, and is this right? This is what? 70 degrees outside here oh, in Kansas City. you're on City. the other side of the front. Apparently so. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, interesting. We've, uh, yeah, we, we've got rain moving very quickly into the area for Brian and yeah. I. Sun is still shining uh, out there right now, but the the rain is, is quickly on its way. Uh, Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady is our guest analyst today. Let's just do this, Brian. Let's go straight to meal. Holy smokes, dude. Um, what a dynamic rally we've seen over the past three weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the meal market kind of acts like that at times. Uh, it doesn't take a whole lot. Uh, it, it can just be dead and, and doing nothing and then just boom, explodes. And, and uh, that was the case, uh, especially today. I mean, at, at one point we were under fairly uh, heavy amount of pressure and, and yeah. ended the day with a, a bullish reversal in, in December futures and, and just explosive move to the upside that, that took out multiple levels of resistance. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now we're, we're back at the highest level. Um, oh boy. Since like March. Yeah. We took out uh, June. We high. had it in the yeah. news. I can pull that out here real Let quick. It was here. the highest close in meals since March 10th. Yeah, and that March 10 high is the contract high close. So we're—I mean, we almost had a contract high close today in meals. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. So a couple things: the exports are going to be strong. Argentina is running out of soybeans to crush, and and uh, you know that goes back to last year's crop that was less than half of of what it was anticipated to be uh, because of the drought. And and so it all plays itself out. But uh, uh, here we are with, uh, you know, demand for U.S. meal um, and uh, we're crushing at a record pace, largely because of soy oil, uh, not because of the meal. uh, And that's been a dynamic shift within the the soy products uh, and the crushing industry. But uh, um, and so we have have meal and and we have customers and and uh, there's demand for it and and uh, you get an explosive move up like this. Brian, I don't know if we've traded a short crop like we we I don't know if we've traded a short crop two times like we are the Argentine crop. Yeah, well, um, because it played out in the the bean market, uh, yeah, you know, with the originally, and now here it comes with the uh, the soy meal uh, yeah. later on, and and as they run out of supplies at the end of this marketing year, and keep in mind now, um, they they've just started, uh, barely started planting the new crop, so the yep. twenty three twenty four 
in Argentina. Uh, but there's dryness issues. And, and so the drought is lingering and, and the questions uh, are there in, in terms of how much of a recovery, because the anticipation is that the, there'll be a major recovery from last year's drought ravaged uh, yeah. production. But how much of a recovery uh, if this uh, the dryness continues to linger and, and uh, you know, they, they never have replenished their soil moisture supplies coming off of last year's drought. Uh, right. it, it's not as dry as what it was, uh, and they've had some rains, but uh, they haven't replenished not it, not to the point where it can sustain a, a crop. So they're going to need some timely rains through the growing season. And as we all know, that uh, when you go into a, a growing season with a full moisture profile, uh, it's a lot better situation that the rains don't have to be as timely as, as what they need to be when you're, you're basically yeah. depleted. Yep. Yeah. And for those of you out there that are thinking, no, we're talking about South America. That really doesn't matter. They, growing soybeans in Argentina is like growing beans in Indiana. Okay. If you can start the year with a full tank on the moisture, it's going to help you later in the season. The dirt is a lot different than what we're talking about up in Mato Grosso, Mato Grosso do Sol. Well, and even in Parna and Rio Grande do Sol in southern Brazil. But we, we're looking at two very different weather situations in, between southern Brazil and, and uh, central Brazil, the northern production areas, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, um, you know, and we, we know the whole transition from La Nina to El Nino and in that process and everything and, and the impacts that it can have. Uh, but, uh, they linger and, and we saw that in the U S growing season this year. Um, mm -hmm. so while we moved out of La Nina, uh, and into a neutral state and then transitioning to El Nino, um, you know, the, the La Nina impacts, uh, lingered. And, and so we'll have to see how that all plays out. It's still early in the, the process down there in South America, uh, but they sure aren't starting, um, you know, in a right. real positive manner. And, and so that's something that the market will need to keep an eye on as we move forward. I think it matters, Brian. I, I think it matters. Um, even globally, bean stocks, are more than adequate, all right? Yeah, absolutely. But because of the tight, quote-unquote, tight stocks that we've got in the U.S., if we have an issue in central Brazil, Mato Grosso, Mato Grosso do Sol, it's going to matter to the market, won't it? Well, yeah, and why it matters is if more of that South American demand is pushed to the United States later yeah. on in the marketing year, uh, then it does tighten up things even more so. And and so um, the thought going into this South American growing season was, oh, we'll have a big recovery in Argentina. Uh, Brazil's going to grow a, a record crop again. And both of those scenarios may well play out. But now there's at, at least some doubt in, in terms of to what degree those two scenarios will play out. And uh, as a result, uh, you could end up with a little bit more demand pushed to the United States uh, in the long term. Uh, you know, we already talked about it in meal. It, it's happening right now in, in the meal market. And, and so, um, you know, this this whole process will play out as we move forward through the South American growing season. But definitely something the market will keep a, a close watch on. OK, uh, boy, we had a good export inspections tally this week. Well over two million tons. Uh, it feels like demand for U.S. beans is coming back and i know that 
that you guys at Performer are picking up some messages that there's potentially some more demand on the way from China. What are you guys seeing? Yeah, uh, so on the inspection side of things, uh, last week's data and and uh, next week's data, um, those are the historically the, the two heaviest inspections weeks okay. of the year uh, for soybeans. So we should have seen a big increase yeah. there. Now, the interesting thing to me is that uh, obviously we know about the, the logistics stuff and the water low water levels on the Mississippi and everything like that. Mm-hmm. We dealt with it last year at this time, too. Um, it, and what happened is we pushed more beans out through the PNW uh, to that Asian market, primarily to China, and, and that's playing out again. Um, so we find a way, right? Uh, it may not be the easiest way. It may not be the most economical way, but we find a way to get the soybeans exported. And, and that's that's the process that's ongoing right now. But from a seasonality standpoint, we should be peaking. Uh, it'll gradually back off from there. But uh, through the first quarter, quarter and a half of the new crop marketing year, uh, that's always our our prime time for U.S. soybean exports. And and so yeah. it, it they need to be strong right now, basically. Um, we're still okay. trying to play a little bit of catch up. On the second side of that question there uh, with the China uh, stuff, mm-hmm. I we, we are hearing that uh, China short bought on some needs. Um, and, uh, you know, we aren't the only ones with river logistics issues. Keep in mind, mm-hmm. Brazil has the same issues uh, through its quote unquote northern arc uh, those northern ports that that take uh, soybeans out of uh, the northern um, production areas, including northern Mato Grosso, and and so um, it isn't as easy to get the beans up through those areas and and out to China as what it uh, typically would be. So uh, we're looking at a scenario probably where Brazil isn't going to steal quite as much of our export demand in this first quarter, this prime period for the United States as what we feared uh, originally. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking about the some areas of the Amazon River are the lowest that they've been like in three decades. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so uh, some of those are, uh, river tributaries are completely shut down. Some yeah. are uh, running it at partial capacity. Some, you know, some of the partial capacity is less than half. And, and so um, there are uh, logistics issues in, in Brazil as well. Yeah, certainly are. Certainly are. OK. Um, oh, man, we only got a minute left here, Brian. Uh, your attitude for some time has been to sell rallies in corn and soybeans. Uh, are you still thinking that? Yeah, I, I think seasonal lows, uh, harvest lows are in place. Uh, it, it's not going to be a rocket shot higher. Obviously, uh, soybeans probably have more upside potential than corn okay. does. Uh, probably going to be more of a slower grind in, in the corn market. Um, but today's price action in soybeans and soy meal in particular showed that uh, there is some explosiveness there. So if those two markets mm-hmm. can lead, I think the corn will follow to the upside. Um, it, it, you know, ethanol's improved, uh, ethanol demand. Corn exports uh, still have some struggles and concerns on that front. Okay. Outstanding. Are you thinking about any 2024 sales real quick? Well, I, I think you, along those lines, you need to uh, sell strength. So when we get into periods of, of price rallies, sustained price rallies, uh, then you need to be considering old crop or, or 23 crop sales and 24 crop sales both. Okay. Great job, Brian. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All on. right. You bet. Brian Grady, editor of Pro Farmer. Okay, when we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this weather forecast. Uh, We've even got some severe weather that I want to bring to everyone's attention. 
We'll do that next right here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. The truth is hard to come by these days, unless you listen to AgriTalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Your pals, Davis Michelson. Glad to be back with you. Chip Flory is with us as well. Yep. What do they mean when they say jump the shark? Oh. I remember the Happy Days episode. I, oh, there I, it I is. I get that. Yeah, that's it. Well, but Isn't what that does what it mean, from? though? Well, yeah, but you've what gone do they mean too far. When they say that you've, you've gone, too, gone far. too far. Okay, you expect us to buy this. You expect us to believe this. That's Fonzie jumping the shark, huh? Because nobody thought he could do it. Well, except Pinky. She no. Knew it was the stupidest damn TV I've ever seen in my life. Really? They jumped the shark and took it too far. It was just. I see. It was just dumb. I got it. Oh, I got it now. Okay. okay. I'm curious. Yeah. 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 Had, had a little windshield what, what time. What have you with got? The, no, just had a little windshield time with the wife yesterday, and that was the one thing we just couldn't resolve. Oh, you you know you can always call Davis if you're if you're looking for answers to stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I know you can always you can always give me a call. <laughs> I'm aware. It's yeah. what I'm here for, dude. That's why I'm here. National Weather Service was talking about a significant <laughs> early season winter storm, potentially heavy snowfall at some point. I'm somebody's wow. probably getting it about now, or at least starting to northern, uh, northwest, northern Rockies, northern plains, heavy rainfall elsewhere, southern plains and Great Lakes, much above average temps. I think they might have taken that out since then. But uh, Chip, let's let's talk a little bit of weather. Significant early season winter storm. Yeah, um, I think they are going to get some of that weather up in North Dakota. We've got the below normal temperatures. I guess I should call that up and see exactly what it looks like. Uh, but we're looking at the, the potential or likelihood, I should say, for a big pocket of cold temperatures. Yeah, I 70 to 80% odds of below normal temperatures all the way down to southern texas is is coming uh october 30th through november 3rd okay that's coming up so yeah it's it's coming right up that uh we've got the potential for some very cold temperatures to make their way into the upper midwest and uh 
Uh, the 8 to 14 day, things kind of moderate. We've still got the risk of below normal temperatures, but um, uh, the risk is much, much lower than 70 to 80%. All right. Um, okay. Well, yeah. And it, to me, what if, and I'm looking at the interactive radar right now, looks like mm-hmm. from about Houston up to my backyard in Kansas City, we got kind of a little line of a patch of showers you might call it and then um i don't know from the the western or western minnesota border over into the up of michigan looks like the lower p of michigan is uh dry presently yeah absolutely i mean and there are some heavy storms there have been some severe warned storms in that front that runs from southern minnesota into central wisconsin we're starting to get that that movement of moisture up from that big blob that is uh, down in Oklahoma and southern Kansas. The leading edge of that is making its way into my part of the world up in northeast Iowa right now. So there's lots of moisture. And this is just part of that that active system or active period that uh, we talked about yesterday with Brett Waltz from BAMWX.com. Um, this is something that I think in across the Midwest – we're going to be looking at it, you know, like every other day. Well, if we combine that with that forecast for some below normal temperatures moving in, inevitably we're going to have to start talking about the S word and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and and see what happens there. By the way, the six to ten day outlook for that that period of cold temperatures mm-hmm. in the Midwest, all the way down to southern Texas, we're also looking at below normal precipitation across. The, the the midwest okay okay so i mean it yeah it's gonna be chilly but dry yeah chilly but dry what about mm-hmm. alaska what uh, above normal temperatures expected yeah, and above normal weather, precipitation of yeah. course above normal temperatures and above normal precipitation at this time of the year in alaska could mean mm-hmm. six foot of snow yeah we, we have a listener up there who says we don't talk about alaska weather enough Oh, no kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, hello, Alaska. Hello, hello Alaska. Yeah. yeah. We, we welcome and affirm you. Thank you for listening. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate the uh, shout out. <laughs> so I got, uh, do we have time for this? I got one, Brian, talking about the one-month rally from the September low and then retrace more than 60% of that strength. Yeah. And then I got another, Brian, coming in so, saying the mm-hmm. harvest low is in. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, both could be well. Both are right. The two work together, don't they? Yeah, absolutely, they do. Uh, but here's the deal: to retrace that sixty-two percent. Thought it was sixty-two. Yeah. Yeah, to retrace that sixty-two percent, it's not like the market has had to make a major move, because uh, in three days we let, let's see on Thursday we had a high of five oh nine, and here we sit. Uh, a low of 484, so 25 cents. We've made a 25 cent move, and that's 62% of the rally. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't much of a rally, is is what that comes down to. Um, it, it it does it. Here's the thing, though, for the October rally, it's not that far outside of the norm for a price move in October, um, and I'm referencing some work from pro farmer that was in the first issue of october this year uh they 
they always take a look at here's what his here's how corn has traded over the past Novembers. Okay, the past twenty Novembers, the past twenty Decembers. They always take a look at that in the first week of the of, of a new month. And yeah, a fifteen to twenty cent rally is is pretty typical. Pretty typical for uh corn to do in October. So you know, we may have been looking for more, mm-hmm. but history says we probably shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. So, Fair yeah. enough. Fair yeah. enough. Okay. All right. We've been through the uh, 6 to 10 day for weather, and uh, uh, so we've got that handled. I guess, hey, thanks for listening this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Really appreciate it. you got to come back tomorrow morning. We're going to be talking about some fall season crop production issues with Iowa State Field Agronomist Angie Reich-Hins. We'll have that farmer forum. Rock from Illinois, Dennis from Iowa. And tomorrow afternoon, Brian Basting, Advanced Trade.